This is MacabreCast Raw Cuts. Unscripted, unedited, and maybe just a little unsober. Hey, Macabre Fiends, Phil, Macabre Brothers Original, coming to you with American Horror Story Season 9, Episode 3. And this one was called Slash Dance. Uh, thought it might have been some sort of Flash Dance reference. Honestly, it's been ages since I've seen that movie, so I wouldn't know if it referenced it all that much anyway. But I don't remember uh, Flashdance having punji stick pits, a whole lot of accomplice drama, serial killer theories, and um, decapitations while on a motorcycle. But we'll get to that in just a second, because that's exactly what Slashdance has. Slashdance picks up right where episode two left off. We've got two groups of people being terrorized in two different cabins. Uh, one terrorized by Mr. Jingles, one by this Night Stalker, and uh, we actually get some pretty legit rationale in this opening scene for why people would split up in a slasher movie. Says Ray, who is uh, soon to be known as Cowardly Ray, there's four of us and one of him, which means he can only catch one of us. It's Darwin as a man, and I know I can run faster than at least two of you. I mean, it's that whole bear theory, right? You don't gotta outrun a bear, you just gotta outrun your buddy. <laughs> Ray, well done. I mean, well spoken. I'd take it. I, I, that's the opening scene. You know, we learn that uh, they're being terrorized. And uh, eventually, you know, everybody gets out of the cabin. Some of them find out that they're being terrorized by some townies dressed as Mr. Jingles. The other ones find out that they are truly being terrorized. And as uh, Chet and Ray are running away from uh, the Night Stalker, the Charles Manson type character in this, uh, they both fall into a pit of sharpened spikes. And it's explained away as a trick that somebody might have learned at Vietnam, especially, you know, Mr. Jingles, uh, Benjamin Richter, because he was a Vietnam vet. And uh, it never does explain away the fact that uh, he just escaped from the asylum hours, maybe a day at the most before this, and somehow had time to go on a killing spree and also dig a pit of punji sticks 10 feet deep with nobody noticing on a main road. But hey, I don't know. Maybe he's a Superman. Unless Mr. Jingles has an accomplice. And I'm going to call this episode the accomplice episode. You know, last one was the backstory episode. Yeah, this one is when we learn all the little webs that are weaved between all our different characters, including most incredibly and juicily Nurse Rita. Yeah, she ain't who we think she is. She jabs a needle in Brooke's neck as Brooke is running off to get help. And uh, we learn that Nurse Rita has been playing the game for a while now. And it explains an observation she made, you know, back in episode one, that uh, Margaret Booth hired a whole bunch of newbies with no experience. Now, why would she do that? Yeah, it hints at the fact that, you know, Nurse Rita, she might actually be a con woman. A con woman with a psychology degree, but perhaps a con woman still that is overly obsessed with serial killers. We flash back to one week prior when Nurse Rita is posing as a doctoral student to gain access to Mr. Jingles in his asylum under an assumed name and introduces a theory for not only, uh, you know, how to cure serial killers, but also a theory for maybe the um, rash of mass killings across the U.S. And what does she do? She quotes none other than Charles Manson, the increased availability of pornography and fill-in-the-blank is what's leading to the downfall of society. Uh, Apparently, the real quote is increased availability of pornography and the objectification of women in our culture, while she also seems to imply that porn plus the horrors of Vietnam and porn plus general violence 
infiltrating its way into American society is what's leading to, well, Mr. Jingles and serial killers. Interesting little theory from fake Nurse Rita and one of those little touches American Horror Story loves to throw into shows, um, but I find it honestly more fascinating, the plot mechanics they're using, because this is when things start churning, that we learn that Miss Rita's got ulterior motives. Can't wait to see what Nurse Rita's got going on. And then we also flash back to Ray a little bit. We find out that Ray is uh, truly a coward. He's a frat boy who is, um, well, he kind of murdered a guy, not only once, but twice during a hazing incident gone wrong. And then after confessing all this to Chet, who is dying with a punji stick pierced through his shoulder, he leaves Chet to die in the pit. Ray runs off, finds a group of people, gets the keys to Trevor's uh, motorcycle, told him that it's a fickle mistress. You got to watch the throttle. That was a great little quote from Trevor, who's been kind of, um, well, he's been kind of a limp dick this whole time. For someone who's outstanding characteristic, might as well be that he's Dirk Diggler. That's about all we get, is that the dude is hung like a fucking horse, or a baby elephant, as one character says. Other than that, he's pretty damn boring. He hasn't done a whole lot of much of anything. Ray, more than anything, is actually more interesting than him at this point. Intel Ray, as he's running off on the motorcycle that uh, Trevor loaned him, gets his head chopped off by the real Mr. Jingles. Meanwhile, Trevor and Xavier rescuing Chet from the pit, only to murder the remaining townie when they mistake him for Jingles. If you don't remember, way back at the beginning of this episode, we had townies who were playing Jingles Day, dressed up as Mr. Jingles to terrorize people at this camp that supposedly hasn't been open for a while, but they still go out with, you know, I don't know, bags of flaming dog shit and fuck with the counselors. Either way, another hole in the plot for this uh, particular episode, but I'll allow it because, you know, it allows uh, Mr. Jingles to murder two more people and then finally uh, allows some mistaken identity murder when Trevor shoves the Mr. Jingles wannabe into the punji pit that was dug by Mr. Jingles or maybe by an accomplice. Because as everything's getting wrapped up, Ray's been decapitated, there's one of our main characters out, Chet's still alive, although he has been recently plunged on a punji stick, we learn that Montana and the Night Stalker are Charles Manson stand-in. Well, they've got a history. And not only a history, but a history of Montana wanting to finish Brooke. Could it have something to do with her husband, who shot himself and two others to death? At their wedding day? We'll see. Episode 4, True Killers. I am guessing that maybe we will find out exactly who killed who when it comes to the backstories for some of these accomplices. You know, good old Nurse Rita, who is setting serial killers free. Then Montana, who's got um, mm, a tryst on the side with a night stalker. And it all brings up the question of what happened To Margaret Booth, where is our victim-survivor, evangelical, God-fearing, revolver-toting owner hanging out this whole time? We'll be back to Camp Redwood. Still got my interest, still getting twisty-turny, although some holes are getting poked in the plot. We'll see if it could sustain it for uh, six more episodes. American Horror Story, 1984, loving the slasher homage. 